Hello, how are you? It's Roots and Branches back here at New Life Evangelical Free Church. Paul Arneberg with Pastor Brent Compelin. So 26 is the episode number. 26 was my age when I directed my first youth juggling show in the <laughs> mid-90s. But I'll tell you what, the other thing that happened in the mid-90s, I was going to Bethlehem Baptist Church in downtown Minneapolis. And the missions pastor, Tom Steller, who's still a uh, professor at uh, the Bethlehem Seminary, uh, or the Bethlehem Institute. I think it's called the Bethlehem Seminary now. But he had a really profound quote when he was uh, preaching, as he did once in a while at uh, Bethlehem. He said, don't let the tyranny of the urgent usurp the important. And as a young man who has always been type A and always struggled with overcommitments, uh, that really landed on me. And that was a half a lifetime ago. So as we go into part two of Busy to Restful, which uh-huh. is one of our transformational outcomes, let that quote sink in. Don't let uh, busyness be a tyrant, mm. but uh, instead make the important things prominent. Or, or to put it again, how he said it for my paraphrase, don't let the tyranny of the urgent usurp the importance. So Brent, let's go into part two now. I know we're going to bring up a lot more scriptures, yeah. but what would you like to do to sort of recap episode or the part one of Busy to Restful? Yeah. And the last one, we talked about the culture of busyness, the idol of busyness, the, the reasons why we have made an idol out of productivity, out of efficiency, out of multitasking, out of filling our time with things that we perceive are important. Um, we, of course, balance that with this very nuanced understanding of we have obligations. Many of us have busy work schedules. Many have busy family commitments. Um, Some find themselves with lots of margin because you're in a phase of life or you're retired or you uh, don't have kids in the house anymore or um, maybe you've got a lull in between phases of life or something of that sort. So we all encounter this issue of busyness in different ways and in different seasons And yet the important thing to recognize is that the times we live in have made busyness like a badge of honor. We were talking about this Mm, earlier, Paul, that one of the things that we often are tempted to do is you meet someone on Sunday morning at church or you find someone at the grocery store, you you call up a friend, how you doing? And the common response is, keep busy. Just keeping busy. Keeping busy. Wow, I got a lot going on. And and what we mean by that is, aren't I important? (laughs) And now, maybe maybe that's not really the heart behind it for many of us, but there can be this real twisted sense that that badge of honor of being busy is a way for us to say, I'm doing important things, or I am enough, or I have significance. And the reality is we need to make sure that with all the obligations we may have and the busy lives that we may sometimes be required to, to do with the busy things with work or, or family is that we never forget the gospel truth that those things can never satisfy and never be enough by being busy or being, we can never find true significance in the things we do and achieve. Yes. And that is what we need to talk about today. In order to go from busy to restful, we need to number one, understand the gospel and be reminded of gospel truth of who Jesus is, what he has done, who we are in God as he created us as his image bearers. We need to understand the gospel truth to be able to reminded of that. The secondly, we need to talk about then what's the Christian life look like in light of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's start there. When we talk about restfulness and a sense of re- being reminded about the truth of the gospel, where does that strike you? Or like, how does that strike you? What truths of the gospel are so important for us to remember that being busy is not how we gain significance. Doing things is not how we gain significance. Yeah, well, I guess I... 
I think right away of scripture, and I know uh-huh. you have your Bible open yeah. there, but some of my favorite passages regarding being restful are Matthew 11, where Jesus says, let all who weary and are heavy laden come to me and I will give you rest. Yeah. I am gentle and humble of heart and I will give rest for your souls. Yeah. And also two in the Old Testament that are rather significant, uh, of course, they're all yep. significant, but rather profound in this context. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Yeah. And also one of my favorite Old Testament figures is Elijah, yeah. who is um, considered, I believe, theologically, one of the most representative of the entire, mm. uh, probably all of the prophets, because he appeared with Jesus on the Transfiguration Mount with Peter, James, and John, and also some theologians believe he might be one of the two witnesses in Revelation 11. But regardless of eschatology, Let's look at, he did appear with Jesus, and he was the one who took on 850 prophets of Asher and Baal single-handedly with <laughs> the Lord by his side. Yep. And after Elijah won uh, the battle of the gods in, in 1 Kings 18, he fled to the wilderness because one woman, Jezebel, wanted to kill him. So he fled to the wilderness, yeah. and this all comes up to the, the culmination. There was, there was wind, there was fire, there was earthquake. God wasn't in those things. God, when he met Elijah after this battle, was in the still, small voice. Yeah. And in that still, small voice, then God commissioned Elijah to do the rest of the Reformation acts uh, that would actually go into Elisha's ministry, the successor of Elijah. But the whole point about that is Elijah was an extreme prophet and man of action. Yeah. And yet, actually, I just thought of this too, Brent, not only at the end of his ministry, just before he was taken up into uh, heaven with the chariots of fire, he... uh, he was uh, met God in the still small voice, but actually the beginning of his ministry at mm-hmm. the beginning of first uh, Kings 18, he had three and a half years of waiting on the Lord. Yeah. All there was was drought and he was with a, a, a widow and her son. And, and that was just three and a half years. Can you imagine what a man of action would do three and a half years? He really had to wait on the Lord. Oh yeah. And, and not knowing perhaps how long yep. it would be before God would send the rain. Anyway, so uh, yep. that, that's a really good, so I don't think any of us are as type A as Elijah, but also none of us are as restful as it comes to him waiting on the Lord, both at the beginning and the end of his ministry. Yeah. And the the reason why that's so significant for 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 him specifically in that biblical account, but also when we go to the New Testament, we look at Jesus and the message of the gospel and the kingdom of God and the work that he did on the cross. Yes, is is throughout the Bible different? Uh, there are so many examples of God having people in circumstances that help them to understand that He's actually Lord, that He's mm. sovereign, that He's in control, that things are going on His timetable, yes. that restfulness is a way of acknowledging who is God and who is not. Interesting, yes. And so in the gospel, because we are not saved by works, mm. we are saved by grace. One of the most important truths that undermines or, or kills the idol of busyness is a realization that I can never be satisfied or be enough by doing things, mm-hmm. by doing enough or by filling my schedule with this or doing significant, significant things here or whatever other things. It's like it sort of belies this, this maybe this idol, this false savior that significant, doing significant things, filling my schedule like that is going to somehow make me satisfied. And the gospel truth is that we're in absolute moral. Uh, poverty before the Lord, that mm. even in our bodies, our bodies are decaying, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that every right. part of our being spiritually and physically needs redemption, Yes, and that we receive forgiveness purely as an act of God's grace because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. Mm. And so by the gospel of Jesus Christ, we get to just... Uh, 
Yeah. I take a breath and say, thank you, Lord, for your gift. I don't have to earn it. Mm-hmm. And so that sense of slaying the idol of earning allows me to really be restful because I've, I've been lavished with God's grace, his love, a gift that I don't deserve. Jesus did all the work to save me. I just trust in him by faith and say, I want to be with him. I want to, yeah, he forgives me out of his mercy. Like I deserve punishment, but instead he's given me new life and he's gifted me his presence in the new heavens and new earth forever. Whoa, that's so cool. (laughs) That's right. So I like it living in that gospel truth lets us open our hands from that tight grip on our schedules, the tight grip on doing things we feel that being busy makes us happy or significant or those little moments when someone says, how are you doing? And you don't have to say, oh, I'm so (laughs) busy. You can say like, wow, I'm not sure that I, I, I maybe maybe a better answer is. I think I might need to rearrange my priorities because yes. I feel very busy. Like being more honest about that because my identity is not in those things at all. Yes. Um, in the last episode, I shared about going away on a prayer retreat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 24 hours of torture. It, I called it 24 hours of torture. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so convicting and it, it's true. We get in these moments where um, we need to be faced with those realities in a good way to live again afresh mm. today in the light of the gospel. We all need it, including me. And those moments where you have intentional, restful, extra margin or silence or solitude or, or getting away from other things, mm-hmm. those are moments where you really get to check your heart and reset because you, you've got to live day by day in the restfulness of the gospel mm-hmm. or you will make busyness an idol. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I'm thinking of something just this last Sunday. Uh, Wendy came early to church in order to uh, work with the children in the garden. Actually, it was raining, so it was on and off in the garden. Mm-hmm. But I decided magnanimously, may I say, that we would drive together because normally I want that extra hour of sleep. But I drove to, <laughs> with her and I dropped her off. And uh, rather than sitting in on both services, I sat in our car and I wrote in my prayer journal like two and a half pages over that 30 to 60 minutes I had spare time. And the reason I mentioned that is because, first of all, it was an intentional thing for me to get up early to drive with Wendy. And second of all, it was an intentional thing to Mm -hmm. actually write in my prayer journal rather than listen to another podcast or putts on my phone or even just daydream or frankly, even going in to have more chit chat. Sometimes I need that intentional time set aside to do extra journaling or extra sitting and knowing that he is God, Psalm 46. And so so those anecdotes, what I what yep. we said at the end of episode 25 is we challenged you listeners, most of whom are new life people, think of ways you can be intentional with being restful. And it, primarily that means with the Lord. I would po- propose that the opposite of keeping busy would be respond when someone say, how are you doing? Walking with the Lord. I'm walking with the Lord. And that implies yeah. at his pace. Yeah. If we're going to walk with the Lord and his yoke is easy and his burden is light, that means we can't get ahead of Jesus because the yokes are tied to his yeah. neck, right? Yeah. And so sometimes the Lord will cause us to slow down forcibly because he has the right. He's Lord after all. And yep. if he makes us slow down, then like you said, Brent, that's 24 hours, the beginning of your retreat, which I believe the implication is the last two days were wonderfully restful and productive, yeah. but only because you started by a Racing the, yeah. the external noise, as you've said. Exactly. It's exactly what happened. I had mm-hmm. three days, and the second two days were great. <laughs> but that's because you have to uh, kind of unlearn some of that, um, turn, or, or what it's like to turn down the external noise. But 
It's so critical. I love that the passage you just referred to is when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest Mm. for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And um, if you are listening to this and you feel that sense of being weary and burdened, busyness is one of the symptoms of a like the deeper things going on inside of us that make us feel that kind of weariness. Mm. And if you feel that way, one of the reasons why Jesus says that is that because the gospel is about his work on our behalf, that we are saved as a gift that we owe, that we receive by faith, mm-hmm. that it's a work of God and that he transforms and changes and re- makes us new creations in Christ. That's why it's an easy yoke. Mm is because the work is done by God and we receive it by faith. It's Amen. a gift. So when Jesus says that the restfulness we have in him, the easy yoke is not because following Jesus is quote unquote easy. It's actually a, a narrow path. <laughs> it's a difficult road. Yes. It's not an easy thing to do to remain faithful, but he reminds us, and it's a passage I wanted to bring in here, yes, is please. John 15, mm. beautiful passage where Jesus talks about being the vine. Mm. And the Father is the gardener, and he says that we need to abide in him Hmm. as we're the branches, and abiding in his love, abiding in his presence, abiding in him being attached to the vine. I love the metaphor here because I I preached on this just a few weeks ago, that when you let the gardener do the work that the gardener is going to do, which is the Father and his Mm -hmm. will, his sovereignty, and then when you're attached to the vine, who is Jesus, the real source of life, and we abide in him, trusting in him fully. We're the branches who aren't in control, who aren't the source of life, and yet we're the ones who have the distinct privilege of being the ones who bear the fruit. Yes. How beautiful is that? It's amazing. I open my hands in restfulness to walk with Jesus, and he will bear fruit as he prunes me for for the Father's glory. And so I don't have to be the one who conjures up fruit in my life or tries harder to be fruitful or to do things that are such and such or right or significant. I get to abide in Christ and from that deep well of being in God's presence and knowing Jesus deeply, that then I get to then do my schedule (laughs) and meet with the people I care about and do the obligations and commitments and tasks on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. That abiding is the foundation. That's a gospel-centered way of thinking. Yes. In fact, it does remind me, I believe uh, it's in Matthew, Brent, which is your middle name, that uh, many people will come to Jesus on the final day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons? Did we not do this and this and this and this and this? And Jesus says, I never knew you. Get away from me, you evildoers. And so that's interesting that that just came up, that if our primary calling as Christians is not abiding with the Lord, but instead of doing, 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 and we're missing the boat of knowing him, that is the most horrible uh, inverse we can imagine. We need to know him first, even if we have nothing. In fact, I'll even catch myself. A couple of minutes ago, I said, hey, Brent, weren't your second and third days of retreat productive? And that's actually, I I didn't mean to say it that way, (laughs) but I guess maybe the better word is fulfilling. Yeah. Because even if you had nothing pen to paper and nothing, yeah. And so that's just, I think for me, it's personality. It's also culture. And so I even have to catch myself in a theological discussion on a podcast yeah. that the word productivity is deceptive. 
Yeah. Now we're productive right now. This is 26 episodes in the can after we're done with this today. And yet if this wasn't done in the, in the, in the heart of the Lord and for the glory of the Lord, it's all chaff. It's all yeah. burned up. And in first Corinthians 13 says it's a noisy gong and a clanging symbol and a lot of chattering yes. mouths. If it's not done in love in the spirit of the Lord. And the point you make, I love it, and it's so convicting for me personally, is just knowing that the greatest gift you can give others is your own abiding in Christ deeply and knowing his presence. Amen. Oh, my goodness. We could do so many tasks. Yes. We could write this. We could speak about this. We could go do such and such, or we could achieve such and such a career objective, or I don't know, whatever other things we count as fruit in our lives. And without abiding in Christ, as you just quoted that passage, you can even do deeply, quote-unquote, spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And without knowing Jesus, Mm. it's nothing. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, that is just wild to think. But so convicting in a good way because it drives me to want to be quiet and in God's presence every day. And even though we may have appointments and we have things to that God is calling us to do, that being is more important, that he called us to, to be abiding in him first and foremost. It's, we, we even just did this, Paul. I, we, you and I, as we do these episodes, sometimes we're like go-getters. And so we'll just like <laughs> flick on the podcast recorder and like yes. off we go. Yep. Today, we're going to talk about busy to restful. So here's what we did. We spent some time in prayer together. And then I just said, hey, Paul, I got a song that I listened to this morning. You want to listen to it together? Yes. And I just put on a a hymn that I just became familiar with. It's brand new. Um, I think it's called By the Savior's Power. Anyway, if you want to look it up, friends, you should totally look it up. Um, uh, Just to make sure I got that correct. I think it's By the Savior's Power. Anyway, we just sat and listened to it. And it was this moment of uh, pause to just be present with the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. And boy, could we get that into our daily rhythms. It's not just the the trite um, token prayer at the beginning of the meal, Mm. if you will. It's like the, let's acknowledge restfulness in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's go do. That's right, yeah. (laughs) There's your your gospel-centered foundation to actually be restful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a matter of, again, it's not a matter of doing, it's it's not a matter of not doing things. Yeah. Jesus wants to see fruit in our lives as he prunes and changes and molds and shapes us out of the deep well of abiding in his presence. And so the fruitfulness comes from being abiding in him, being attached to the vine. Yes, I have a a tangible example that uh, we could do this as we begin to wrap up because we did commit to have a little shorter episodes here. But Wendy and I this summer planted 20 blueberry bushes. And this definitely corroborates with what your sermon was on John 15. Mm. Sometimes it's years before the fruit. And these particular bushes, she bought the same two breeds that uh, Suzanne Schmidt buys for Ripe Radish Farm in in South Hastings. And uh, I didn't know this, but blueberry bushes were not supposed to eat the fruit for a uh, till the third season. Uh, it reminds me of, I just heard Leviticus, how the Lord says, when you're in the new land, you should let the land rest for a year and he'll triple the crop in the sixth mm-hmm. year. That way the seventh year, the land stays fallow and the eighth year when you're planting, you'll eat the... Anyway, uh, the principle is when we are abiding, it means that like I'm watering the blueberry bushes every day. It's one of my Paul jobs. I go out and water the 20 blueberry bushes. It takes <laughs> me about 20 minutes, including the flowers and the, and the raspberries. 
But the point is that that is doing, and yet that is so restful because it's simply a physical task, mm. doesn't take a lot of brain power, and in fact, it doesn't make me feel more busy. It's purposeful with a two-year plan. Two years from now, yep. I want to eat of the fruit, but it's going to take a lot of faithfulness now. Yeah. And for us too, to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will get fruit down the road. It's the gardener's job though, and the vine himself that will bring the fruit. Yeah. And again, I know we're both kind of saying, oh no, we're not saying don't work. Yes, but in our culture, the challenge is don't worry about working, <laughs> abide, abide, abide. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. even though we could say all day long, the Protestant work ethic people that we are is that uh, don't forget to be productive. You know what? Let's focus yeah. first on abiding and and let it's like that Matthew six thirty three. Everything else will be added unto you when you seek first the kingdom of yes. God and His righteousness. Yes. Then your job and your family life and even your blueberry bushes will be fruitful for the glory of God. Yeah. So focus on the abiding yeah. first, and then obey when the Lord says do. Yeah, exactly. And another application point, just in terms of where we are in the vision for our church, when we talk about disciple by doing as a ministry strategy and philosophy. We've been talking about it for quite a while. These transformational outcomes are shedding light on what we mean by that. That's right. And this movement from busy as a cultural idol to restfulness in the gospel of Jesus Christ is one of these foundational paradigms we have to get right if we're going to do what we call disciple by doing, which is this immersive way of integrating all of life and seeing every square inch for the lordship of Jesus and being able to have every sphere of our lives come under his lordship as we as we walk in faithfulness with him the foundational piece is to is to know believe trust in Jesus by the in the gospel of Jesus Christ and then live in light of that restfulness in the gospel amen the abiding and so a disciple by doing we start first by knowing and abiding in the presence of Jesus and then we go see how he has made his beautiful design in all the different areas of our life as we come to follow him. Excellent. That's so many good things to think on. And we pray you will meditate on these things as you abide in the Lord and seek to do his will, but first by knowing Jesus. This is Paul Underberg with Pastor Brent Koppel, and we'll see you next time on Roots and Branches.